What's up, Spell Singers? My name is Gary and John Wells. I'm Drew Flitton. And I'm Corey Janabagian. And this is Untap, Upkeep, Drink. Beer up. Welcome back, everybody. Today, we're talking about homebrewing in Utah. This is going to be a beer-heavy episode. I know that we just put out a survey talking about, you know, getting more magic content versus <laughs> the beer content, but we had to do a special one here specifically because St. Patrick's Day is coming up, and we wanted Them to beers. do something fun with it. Uh, so we brought along a guest. This is my roommate, Andrew. He is a homebrewer, and so he's going to walk us through what that's like being a homebrewer in Utah. Hey, thanks for having me. So go ahead and introduce yourself. Who are you? What are you? Like, what is your background here? Well, uh, I'm originally from Boca Raton, Florida, and uh, I moved here to Salt Lake City about four years ago. And coming to Salt Lake, I missed a lot of my brews from back home, and we have a quite limited selection here from out-of-state brews. So missing my Florida brews, I decided I should probably get into home brewing. And lucky enough, uh, I had started and got better and got to the point where started actually enjoying my beer. So. <laughs> yeah, that's always a good sign, right? <laughs> Everyone just like, oh, this is okay. <laughs> so what would you say is your favorite beer of all time? Oh, man. Okay. Let me just put them on the spot. It's, I feel like that changes almost week to week, if not day to day. That's fair. That's but fair. Uh, one that really sticks with me is the uh, Funky Buddha Last Snow. And that's a chocolate coconut coffee porter. God damn. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> a little teaser for us there. Uh, and then I guess we should probably just plug our own socials real quick. Yeah, obviously we want you guys to check us out on YouTube. We are really gearing up to make this YouTube thing uh, the home base, but until then, we're going to be making videos for each one of these episodes. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at UUD Podcast, or Untap Up, Keep Drink. Any message is welcome. We've been getting a lot of feedback, and as well, we've got the survey. Go ahead and uh, you know give us your responses and your feedback, but uh, we're already getting a decent amount of data. We're going to start making some moves to hopefully be more appealing to the masses. Yeah, we've been talking. Just You guys have been giving us a lot of good responses, stuff that we really like to see. So keep yeah. it up. All right. I guess let's jump right into it. So we've got four beers here today. Makes sense. It's four of us. Uh, the beers kind of tell a story as far as like Andrew as a home brewer. Um, first one we have is Guinness. We've, I've got the extra stout that I brought along. Uh, and that one, I mean... Guinness is just kind of like that prototypical Irish stout. And if we're going to do an episode talking about, you know, Patty's Day and having that kind of uh, generic Irish stout, I feel like Guinness kind of like meets the bar there. And I grabbed the extra stout just because it does have a bit more oomph to it, which, you know, I think it was just because it was in the liquor store and I was like, oh yeah, we need that. <laughs> oh yeah, that's, that's good. Because we can actually get the normal Guinness, I think 4.8, something like that, in liquor stores now. Or not in liquor stores, but in groceries yeah, this one's 5.6, so it's just over the limit that you can get in a grocery store. Yeah, and according to several different sources, about 47 IBUs. Uh, I don't think Guinness actually lists their IBUs, but you know, it is what it is. Sounds like an exaggeration to me. It's not very bitter. It's it not is. super bitter, no. It's it's pretty sweet. This one, I think, is a little more sweet than like a standard regular old Guinness. It's got some of those earthy porter kind of notes to it, which is... All right. Uh, but it's just, I mean, like you said, we're using this as a jumping off point. It's very basic. It's a malty, slightly alcoholic 
stout. Yeah, you can taste the alcohol. You can't really smell it, but you can definitely taste it. It's got a little bit of that alcohol burn. Yeah, that kind of zing to it. It has the like almost a metallic smell to it. Yeah. You get some some of that like yeasty. Flavors. Yeah, it's a, a super gorgeous, just jet black. Nice. Oh, it is just like lovely nice, malty. Dark. Like, yeah. Yeah, malty sweetness is it's hard to beat. Yeah, it's <laughs> I forgot how good Guinness is. <laughs> yeah, like literally before this, you know, you guys were talking shit on it, but like as soon as I taste that, I'm just like, that's what I what I want out of my Irish stouts. Yeah, there's a reason it's the benchmark. I was gonna say it's really accessible, which is why it's I gotta say, this is the mouthfeel on this just so smooth. It yeah, goes down like silky smooth. Yeah, like uh, every single time you have Guinness, you think like, is it on nitro? Is do we have like a lactose additive to it? Like what is the yeah, it was something in there. I don't know what it is that they do. They have, they probably have a lot of different little additives. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just got silky smooth mouthfeel. It goes down easy. It's exactly what you expect it to be. I think that that's kind of what you're looking for when you get a Guinness. So yeah. They nailed it. <laughs> and then to kind of use that as our jumping off point, uh, we were talking about, you know, for the Baddies Day episode that we wanted a homebrew. Right, and you and I at home. Uh, Andrew is my roommate. I guess I haven't mentioned that yet. Uh, we're talking about like conflict of interest. Yeah, right. Making something that <laughs> the homey hookup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that we could have around for for Patty's Day and, uh, through March. Wanted to have initially thought about doing like a red ale or something like that, which would be I think more fitting. But we're both just like, yo. But what about a stout? Yeah, <laughs> I suggested a sour, but whatever. Yeah. I'm a fan of sour. <laughs> I don't think it it's, be... it's not very fitting for yeah. St. Patrick's Day. So next time, maybe. And so ended up kind of like doing the the malt bill that you had for uh, the brew. You shared it with us in our uh, group chat there. Kind of suggested maybe we lean away from like what the strictly Guinness recipe would be, push it more into like a chocolatey kind of vibe. Right, right. Um, yeah, we definitely use some chocolate malts in this, aside from. Uh, some rye malt as well. Uh, yeah, I like the addition of the rye malt. Yeah. A, a good uh, note. Uh, so, yeah, this is, uh, we definitely want to go to the more chocolatey side. So the the chocolate malts helped. Um, and I think uh, the OG, uh, yeah, the, the final gravity ended up being a little higher than what I wanted, but uh, it gives it that little sweetness to it, I think. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. And to so, say on this one though, like, while the final gravity was a bit higher, like, the shit was dry when we first tasted it. Like, yeah. Like the carbonation came through really nicely uh, after it was bottled, but like that first taste while we were bottling, like that was a dry. Style. Like it was like very solid, uh, like American rendition of an Irish dry stat, which I was I was super keen on. Right, this bottling is interesting because the bottling uh, sample tasted a lot different than the bottling sample or the, when we when we actually bottled and cracked it open. Yeah. Yeah. So this one is it's coming in at five ABV, and then we got. A measurement of between 30 and 40 IBUs. So it's in that good little mid-range there. Right away, it smells very, very chocolatey. It's got that nice jet black color like you'd expect from a stout. Carbonation came through really nicely on it as well. It just surprised me. So, oh, man. Before you say anything, I will oh, say man. the one word that I have, or I guess one phrase on this, crushable stout. Yes, this is smooth as hell. It's got an incredible mouthfeel and it's like, it's not overly sweet like you. Some um, stouts are. It has got a lot of good malt characteristics, but it is just so smooth. There isn't a lot of chocolate on the on the palate, but it's just malty goodness. Honestly, I think it's better than it was last time we did. 
Yeah, it's, uh, the chocolate malt itself isn't going to really give it too much chocolate flavor. I think it's just called chocolate malt because that's yeah, what... Yeah, <laughs> it definitely has the aroma. You know, but um, yeah, but the taste is gonna definitely going to be more of the roasty uh, yeah, coffee, it's, if anything. It's yeah. so good. Looking at it next to the Guinness, the Guinness has just a little rim of red as it hits the light at the end. This one's just fucking dark. <laughs> dark black. <laughs> we did a good job on that one. That one's... um. It's got a lot of base, you know what I mean? It's really, really full and rich on the coffee, bitter, chocolate, like dark chocolate kind of notes. I think that one's a little less approachable for the average sweet tooth kind of guy, but that's that's a good stuff. Yeah, it's definitely not sweet, but I think it's a lot smoother than a lot of stouts. And you don't get a lot of that heavy alcohol taste that... Yeah, and for homebrew, it has great carbonation, which is... Oh, yeah, it's solid. Solid all around. So... Next one we got is, I guess the one he kind of teased. We got the Funky Buddha Last Buffalo in the Park. So this is the Bourbon Barrel Aged Imperial Last Snow Porter. Say no more. I've been looking forward to this. He's All been right, eyeballing it <laughs> ever since he got here. Wow. So just before I even take a sip, the aroma is like gonna blow you away. It's a, uh, it's got almost like a heavy chocolate caramel, coffee, all that's in there, and it, t- it tastes just like how it smells. So it's it's got all the flavors packed into that beer, and they they come through beautifully. Really, it's like a it does. Uh, I think on the nose. Let's see. I have to take another sip. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so this one was the Funky Buddha aged in the Buffalo Trace. Yeah. So barrels, right? Funky Buddha is the brewery. Oh, okay. But it's the Last Snow Porter, aged in aged in Buffalo, Buffalo Trace whiskey barrels. Dope. I could drink that for breakfast. (laughs) Yeah, the smell. You can just smell that this isn't only beer. You know what I mean? You can smell that like extra bit of alcohol that like It is like 11.5%. God damn, but it smells kind of sweet, which is weird. It's not just like an alcohol burn. (laughs) Gary and Bella. We're two for two so far. Dude. No. (laughs) He doesn't want to pass it. (laughs) Everyone's taking two sips. That's straight candy. I'm not lying. That is the sweetest beer I've had probably... In a year. That is so... It, it smells just like Kahlua in the best ways possible. <laughs> oh my God, You have God, all those, those sweet dude. notes and just the coffee notes coming through. Mm-hmm. You guys, the coconut, there's got to be coconut in there, right? Did yeah. you say? Yeah. yeah. The coconut. The coconut is like right on the top and it's a coconut cake kind of taste. Holy shit. It really dude. is candy. It's, like like a, it's, it's just chocolatey and coconutty and then it just flows right into the malty sweetness. I it says eleven and a half percent, but I'm not tasting any no. alcohol. It is smooth it as hell. Tastes like Cadbury cream in there. You know what I mean? Like it's that sweet. So and you guys know I, I got look, sweet too. So yeah. I'm a huge fan of this beer. <laughs> it's interesting to me that the brewery lists it as eleven and a half percent, but just on the bottle it just says eleven. So oh. somebody's lying somewhere. Yeah, it I had is to top it off because a little too sweet for me. Like I don't think I could drink that whole thing, but it's so delicious. Holy shit, that is coconut and caramel. Yeah, it's a fucking Samoa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a girl scout, girl scout cookie. It really it's is. The season. It's like Samoas and Kahlua. I'll be honest, this is a banger. Yeah, like, seriously. I'm hoping that it doesn't turn out like the white Russian that we had, where after you sip on it for an hour, you're like, okay, this is too much, because right now it's sitting pretty. Yeah, it, and it's it's a it's got a lingering sweetness to it. Yeah. Like that's all I can. The taste. thing is, though, is on this one, like the the white Russian, it did what it did very well, and it just stayed there and didn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. I would not dislike if this one stayed where it's yeah, at. Right, like this the, one, I think, has a lot more depth than that one. Yeah. 
Especially with just those bitter but because coffee, it's a stout, I think nuts. it does have some places to go if it warms up. Having a little bit more of like a malt flavor than just a sweet flavor, yeah. that could be really Yeah, the malt flavor coming through would be nice to have. Um, but it has this kind of like caramel coconut that kind of like blends almost into like a maple syrup kind of vibe. And it just lingers there for a while. And then it kind of becomes chocolatey. And that's where like that Samoa flavor comes from. Yeah. And just... And it, it does you have, have a, to drink water after it, though. You need a palate <laughs> cleanser. Like, it yeah. really does linger. Yeah, it just sits there. The alcohol is the the last thing that kind of sits there on, on the tongue. It just is lingering. But there's, I don't know if it's necessarily the, the malt, but there's almost like, you know, the actual cookie part of the smoke, like, has that kind of, like, bready. Yeah, like, just the that, bread Yeah, part. that exists as well in there somehow. Yeah, that is a very, very dope beer. You know, I'm gonna have to come in here and disagree. I think uh, I just want to keep on sipping this. Uh, it doesn't really sit on my tongue too much. And I just, really? Yeah, like really clean finish to me. Um, I don't know what it maybe it's something I ate earlier or something, but I could just keep on down in this and oh, it's not saying forever. We're not saying we can't just down, yeah. but it's one of those ones that like I still taste it. <laughs> oh yeah, right now I think Which that it's fine. Yeah, I think that you can just have like, the enjoyment factor on this one where you, like you. Do want to extend it for as long as possible. Yeah. So, Andrew, did you? Would you say stouts are your favorite style of beer, or no? Do you I like all kinds, or what's your go-to? The only kind I I could say with confidence I don't like is a goza. I just hate the acidity, just the, the saltiness. Oh, saltiness. But every other kind of beer, I'm a huge fan of. It's hard to pick one, but uh, I do tend to lean towards IPAs. But stouts definitely have their place. Porters have their place. Uh, so I think those probably are my top three IPAs, Stouts, and Porters. You so, are in good company, yeah. my friend. <laughs> yeah, he's very similar palate to what Travis has, which is kind of funny. Yeah, both being home brewers. But yeah, if you Maybe if you didn't say IPAs weren't your one of your favorites, I was going to call you out, and I was like, IPAs are definitely your jam. <laughs> I mean, after drinking a, a lot of IPAs over the past few years, so I think I'm starting to tend towards lighter beers now. Though I'm definitely taking a shift towards you know, lagers and hefts. So Hell yeah! You know, it's just getting getting interested in like a really clean, crisp beer. Yeah, it's been it's been rewarding, when, especially uh, if you brew your own. Like if I did a lager a couple of years ago. And it turned out really nice. I'd only got to enjoy it for about two weeks before the keg accidentally froze. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, it tasted like butterbeer after that. So <laughs> I'm trying for two more right now, and I'm, I'm waiting on those to be ready. But Yeah, chilling and lagering. So. Okay, Drew, we got one last beer. Which so one is this? So this is Keto's Brewing Pro-Am Series Winter Porter. And so let me, let me just read this part of the can. Release number one of our program series is a 7% ABV porter with coconut coffee and cacao nibs brewed in collaboration with Salt Lake City homebrewer Andrew Frost. Oh, oh my God. The so, homie. Frost, good morning, Pow Porter won a gold medal at the 10th annual Beehive Brew Off. We fell in love during the judging process and we're grateful to give the opportunity to experience, for you to experience Andrew's beer. That's super cool. Oh, shit. So, not only is this like a legit beer in can form that came out of like a real brewery One bought of the ones it that, at like, a store yeah we're pretty fond of here i mean all of us like ketos but it is based on andrew's gold medal winning beer like based on your frost pal yeah pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> no big deal <laughs> so this was a year ago or so uh so this was 2018 so august yeah, yeah. and then I think a year and a half brewed, it was brewed later in november nice yeah so you have just a couple extra of these, basically like the last stock that people have. And so sharing one with us on the episode. So we do appreciate that. Absolutely. Oh, interesting. 
compared to so granted this is a barrel aged version of the beer that inspired the 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 winter porter here the the frosted bow it has like a very distinct more like coffee note on the smell versus like that kind of sweet caramelly coconut and the flavor i think also mimics that there's a lot of kind of like malt heavy flavors but also the coffee note is like really strong on it kind of a little bit of sweetness that i get from the the cacao nibs but i don't know it's interesting i feel like the coconut which is more strong in the more recent version of the the porter that you made is way stronger in that one than it is on this one yeah as, as soon as you uh pick up this beer uh you definitely smell the coffee uh, if anyone's had the Keto's Coffee Cream Ale, Love it'll it, yeah. definitely smell familiar to you that right away. But then you get into it, and it's got that that body, and it's it's got a, a full flavor profile here with the maltiness. Um, yeah, but I think it's really crushable though too at the same time in a weird way. Then again, I said the uh, <laughs> the funky boot of here was uh, uh, pretty drinkable as well. So <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's just me, but uh, dr- like dark beers are just like you really just like chugging stouts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like going up the ski lift, you know, just got to chug whatever is in there. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> but, uh, Keep you warm. Exactly. So maybe yeah, that's where it came from. <laughs> it really does taste a lot like that Keto's Cream Ale. It doesn't have like the same uh, texture, like a, you know, the creamy syrupy kind of texture it's a little thinner and swallows really nice but it's super good nice and malty and coffee bitter a little bit of like maybe dark chocolate bitter i don't taste any hops which is a huge plus in my books most of the time i mean hops was not a note really that we got out of any of the previous beers i mean it's not really what you're looking for in stouts you're looking for those sweet malty bitters yeah just on the nose it just smells like just just a nice dark chocolate yeah, I think even my homebrew version as well that uh, won the gold was a little more coconut heavy. And I think that's also the first characteristic that'll start to fade on any aged uh, beer. The coconut will, well, like, at least for the coconut, it'll fade. Yeah, that makes so, sense. But, I mean, uh, really, the Funky Buddha, too, could have taken that away, too, because there's a strong oh yeah, for sure. uh, lingering coconut on that. Yeah. Too. So, Andrew, would you say that you make this brew like every year or how many times have you made oh, this absolutely beer? every is, year is this your go-to yeah i have of? to now especially it's your namesake <laughs> so the, the the gold medal winner was actually my first run of it oh snap and and because it won and like they you know got the pro-am i kind of have to brew it every year and yeah, i love doing it too it's your it's, legacy that's my it's my favorite <laughs> beer to brew it's my favorite beer to drink so i mean i i have to brew it every year if not once twice a year yeah <laughs> if you like mimic one of your favorite beers and it turns out really well like you're probably going to keep doing that like yeah for sure <laughs> all right so kind of getting into this the beer this sucks like, now just so you guys know <laughs> i mean i think it it's a very good like standard that we set and i think that's why we had you explain your beer first and then go around yeah. because it is that true, yeah. when you think of a, a stout most people think of guinness absolutely yeah. and that's the reason why i actually wanted to introduce these beers in the order that i did was because the guinness is kind of like as you know good as it is it's still kind of like the generic stout, yeah right and so it's something that we we started as like a base idea of what we wanted the uh, the homebrew stout to be was you know an irish style stout kind of changed it as you know, the ideas, you know, we're fling back and forth. And I think that the, the Frosted Stout is solid. Like, I really like the fact that you were able to make a dry stout that still also has that, like, 
sweetness, but that sweetness has t- developed since bottling. Yeah. Right. Because initially, like that, the first taste that we had uh, when we had the the night that we were bottling was like super dry and like it had this kind of like soy sauce umami flavor that right. was like super weird, kind of like detracted from it, but at the same time was its own thing. So like, well, that's different. I don't know if I like that you're drinking. You're like, oh, I don't like that, but I want to keep drinking it. Oh, I, maybe I do like it. It's like confusing. See, but. that's that's how sours are. You're just like, ooh, this is kind of, I don't know. Ooh, this <laughs> smells like an armpit. Mm, no, okay, no, I like it now. <laughs> but like there's this kind of like evolution of ideas that comes through homebrewing, right? Like the, the last snow becomes the winter porter. I will say, I told you this before, but like, I'm really annoyed that they didn't let you keep the fucking name as you make, like, <laughs> they changed it to a winter porter, you know, which is just like a generic as fuck, but like, yours was the, what was it, Frosted's Morning Pow Porter? Right. Yeah. Like, that, that is a way better name. Yeah, but like, I feel like it, it describes the beer better because like, you're a snowboarder, like, that's one of the things that like, is just part of your like, history as a, as a brewer as well, it's just like, the fact that you made this as a, winter beer but you named it based on the fact that like you are like a powder hunter and you know, when you snowboard so it's like right yeah I think I think they kept the they at least kept the winter porter um, I think the, I was talking to the remaster and we were thinking about calling it a dessert beer I'm kind of glad we didn't I, I like the fact that they kept it a winter porter at least and uh and like generally speaking, all the Kudos's beers are um, kind of like named after what they are. Like yeah, Red Ale, pretty, uh, pretty similar. Yeah, they are pretty generic, yeah. but yeah. in a not derogatory. So, I think that's they just wanted to keep in brand, I guess. Yeah, yeah I guess that's that's fair. So, we kind of talked about how you got into it. You know, coming to Utah, you don't get your Florida beers. Like we are pretty limited, uh, in far, as far as our beer selection is you concerned. You could say that again. Yeah, uh, but. Let's talk about the the styles of beers that you've actually made. Like, what is your what is the repertoire that you have to to bring to the table? Okay, well, I started out trying to chase after IPAs, and I was doing that not knowing how hard it is to nail an IPA. <laughs> the hops are so hard to get down perfectly, especially with the aroma. <laughs> um, this is also another characteristic of beer that starts to fade rather quickly, especially in home brewing when you don't have control over oxidation. Um, so I was I was doing probably like three or four or five different iterations of IPA right off the bat <laughs> and kind of wondering why like I wasn't doing so well. And uh, then I jumped into doing this actually. This is probably like my fifth beer that I did um, and just nailed it. <laughs> and then uh, I was like, all right. Uh, so I learned a couple, I started learning a couple things after that. Just being like, okay, this is now that I'm making something I actually like to drink, I want to keep on doing this. So uh and I kept on going, doing a, a bunch of different stuff. So let's see. I've done, I mentioned I've done log, a lager before, which is a regular Pilsner. Um, I've done red ales. I've done, oh man. <laughs> is there any ones you haven't done? That might be the easier question. Uh, 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 yeah, I mean, there's so many I haven't done. There's so many styles of beer. Uh, I just did my first Kettle Sour uh, a month ago. Uh yeah, there's, there's, there's. That's the thing about brewing is there's so many different styles and iterations of each style. Uh, you can, there's like infinite number of uh, ways you can brew something, and you never know how it's gonna really gonna turn out. So that's what keeps me going, kind of. <laughs> Just the no, pure number of styles that are out there. Uh, so next question here: What are you planning next? Like, obviously, you got the the loggers in the work. We got those in the keys. Are kind of like letting them logger essentially just over time there. Uh, but aside from that. I know you've been working on a kettle sour past couple of days. 
but what's the like what's the plan like what's the six month plan we'll say oh man six month plan I've as I'm drinking I'm like oh man I want to do this and that and I just I'll just start rattling off ideas um I guess I could tell you um I want to do a sweet potato beer really badly yeah that uh, one what that one's gonna be an adventure. yeah that, that'll be something cool to share <laughs> at Thanksgiving I think what kind of <laughs> style would it be uh, like a cream ale, maybe, okay. or just something like easy and crushable, but has that sweet potato flavor I'm to down. it. Maybe like a, a little nutmeg in there too, or something. Just yeah. instead of a, there's a dessert beer and a breakfast beer. This is a dinner. Yeah, right. <laughs> the thing is that we tried. Uh, I think it was Roadhouse's. Their sweet potato porter, right. and we were both just like disappointed because the, there was no like sweet potato flavor at all. It was just like a porter, and it was it was a totally fine porter. Yeah, but like we we're both just like yo sweet potato porter. Not really. So getting into home brewing, like you start home brewing in Utah. Uh, can you kind of break down what the home brew scene is in Utah without getting into the club just yet? Okay. Um, well, the scene out here in Utah is actually, you wouldn't think it would be that great. Right. Like Utah, everyone sees us just like basically like a prohibition state still. <laughs> yeah. We're a hundred years behind everybody else. Exactly. Um, like with the draft laws, has only 5%. You think, oh, <laughs> but actually it, it makes more of a reason for there to be more homebrewers um, because there's so many limitations on commercial beer. So the community out here is amazing. Uh, it's really tight-knit. Everyone's super nice, uh, very welcoming. Uh, and the great part is because we're booming, so many breweries are opening up. Uh, a lot of these newcomers are like welcoming people into their brew house and just like giving them tours. And you're seeing people take off from the ground floor, which is really interesting. You don't get to see that a lot. Yeah. And uh, I think that's part of it, what makes people so welcoming as well. Yeah. Not just that, but like even the established breweries are like super, super supportive of new breweries and home brewers. And so like, like they, they're so encouraging and supportive that I didn't really expect it. But like when you, took me into uh, Bewilder and they were doing their soft opening. It was basically only for people that were part of the homebrew club and people that were already in the industry. And it was crazy because like literally just, you you were like, hey, can we sit there? I was like, yeah, whatever. And so it was people from uh, Bohemian. It's like one of the owners uh, and one of the head brewers, I guess the head brewer. And it was just like, whoa, I love you guys' beer. <laughs> like, <laughs> big fan, big fan. But it's just like totally, <laughs> yeah, totally normal conversation just like them explaining why they're doing certain things the way they do that and things that would i think in most industries be like not quite trade secrets but like things that you keep kind of close to your chest that you don't just tell everyone and they're just like oh yeah this is the reason why we did it you know yeah i think just the fact that most of the breweries in here are like maybe 20 30 years old max so that everyone still kind of has that homebrew kind of feel so everyone it's that community, like Andrew was saying, just everybody is sort of friends and homies with everybody. Everyone's swapping secrets and stories and stuff. And to that effect, you've got the homebrew club that you're in. Right. Uh, yeah, so the Lauderdale Saints, uh, it's a great homebrew club. Uh, and if anyone wants to come, you can just walk in and see what it's like. If you're brewing, starting out, or if you've been doing it for a long time, I highly recommend joining a group, whether it's Day or uh, ZZ Hops or any, I could name them all if I wanted to, but uh, yeah, if you were to join, I think you're going to learn a lot. And just talking to other people, you get motivated to go out and brew things you normally wouldn't. Uh, you learn new, learn about new topics and new processes. And uh, it's a really great way to just get involved in the community. And you're going to be sharing a lot of beer with a lot of people. So Yeah, the way <laughs> you describe it is, is pretty intense. Just like, Oh yeah, people just show up and just have like, you know, $15 bottle, you know, it's like, hey, hey, you should try this, you should try this. It's like the 
I mean, it's basically what we do here, but just on a larger scale. It's like people talking and sharing and like having that community aspect to, to picking apart every beer and like what makes this beer different. And what's really cool is, you know, because they're all homebrewers, it can kind of tell you what you should do differently in your process. Not just, just like, oh, this tastes a little off. And like, no, you can do this though to fix it or try this or that. So Which is important. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, it starts to get you thinking on your way home, like, wow, I maybe really should change up my process and see how it goes. So it's just a great feedback loop to have, you know? Yeah, that's pretty dope. So I just tried the Funky Buddha, part of their The Living Barrel series. This is the last buffalo in the park. Uh, it's fucking incredible. Holy shit. Like, Andrew just like gestures to me. Hey, you and like, obviously I want to try it again. But this thing is, I mean, to say that it has developed, I don't think is that quite accurate. Like the flavors matured, I think. Like the, the flavors that are there haven't changed. They've just become more like emboldened and stronger. And right. I feel like they've also blended together a bit more because before I, I had like these like distinct notes and now it's all just like, you know, the the full flavor just all at once. And the smell is incredible as well. Yeah, I think th- this is one of the beers that really got me thinking like, if I were if I could brew anything I wanted to, this would be it. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's kind of, I'm glad I did, right? Um, but uh, I, I'd go, th- uh, Funky Buddha actually opened uh, originally in Boca Raton, which is my hometown. Nice. And I'd go to the, they actually, actually had a homebrew shop attached to the tap room. And uh, and a little tag, like a stage set up for open mics and like comedy, po- poem reading, uh, <laughs> you name it. I'm and a fan. Uh, they had uh, like this really cool like blues trio one day. And I think like one of my fondest memories, just like sitting, listening to like live blues, sipping on some last snow, and uh, like just enjoying that, like right in my hometowns. Like take that for granted, like back then, but like now I wish I could go back and do that. Uh, so they've, they've, Funky Buddha is actually. Uh, they they opened up a giant brewery in Oakland Park, just like a half hour south of Boca, and uh, that's kind of developed into its own thing. Um, <laughs> they still they still served uh, Funky Buddha beer in Boca, but now it's called Robot Cusatica. What? Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, the, the the Boca Raton uh, Funky Buddha Lounge uh, was actually handed off to a pro am brewer. Uh, that did a program with Funky Buddha. Nice. So they, yeah, they, uh, they just asked him, hey, like, hey, you want to uh, start running the, <laughs> the lounge? And sure enough, he did. So That's awesome. It's really cool, yeah. I wish we had something like that out here. Uh, I guess kind of just to jump into to Andrew's real quick, like the Winter Porter, I wish that this I... This the one with Kedos. Yeah, I wish that I had tried this one like when it was first, first came out, but I also wish that I had the first run that you made. Right, just because I know what the the one that you most recently made, and that one you basically just like shipped out as like Christmas presents for everyone, right? It's like pretty much, yeah. Like I think I only saw the best Christmas present you can get. (laughs) Yeah, I think that I only saw like two bottles that we had opened. We had one at like room temp, and then one uh, that was chilled. And the room temp one, like all the flavors really just kind of like opened up a lot more. It was fucking good. Like you had the. I guess describe the process for like the coconut and the chocolate and like everything that you did with that one. Okay, yeah. So the coconut um, is just Bob's Red Mill. I'm giving giving away my secret here. Um, yeah, like I looked on a bunch of forums for how to add coconut to beer, and it's not as simple as I thought. <laughs> so um, I found out that like the best product you can probably use is Bob's Red Mill's flaked coconut, and you put that on a baking sheet, uh, toast it for about. 
10 minutes at like 300, 350 until it's nice golden brown. And I just put that into the beer and like a big uh, Molson bag so that I can pick it out later. Right. Yeah, instead of having like, uh, yeah, that sounds awful. awful. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so like there's a bunch of toasted coconut goes into the, I, I call it the secondary, but really it's just the like end of fermentation, uh, basically 10, 10 days before it's done, before I want to pull the beer. Uh, I'll add the coconut and I'll chop up a bunch of uh, Baker's chocolate, 100% cacao. Uh, I can't find the nibs anywhere. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you can find you can find all this stuff at Smith's. It's great. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, across the board, there we've got the Guinness Extra Stout. Gary seemed less than impressed. Gary has been wanting to drink all of our other beers <laughs> rather than the Guinness. <laughs> so, what I'll say about the Guinness Extra Stout: it is sweet, it is malty, it is a stout. It's good, but what I'm noticing as I go through these other three beers is that there's a really strong zing, like a metallic yeah, sort of I feel that. You know, nickel kind of flavor in there that isn't obtrusive if you drink it alone, but if you jump around to these other beers, it becomes very apparent that that's a flavor that's there, and I don't love it as much. It's never bothered me when I drink a Guinness, you know what I mean? Like, you just drink it, it tastes fine. But when when your attention is brought to you, you're like, damn. It's like this little thing that I can't this get rid of. subtle you know? note. Yeah. Yeah, I have to say it's it's not as sweet as it was compared to these other really sweet stouts and porters and stuff. But you do still have all that malty goodness that you would want in a stout. So I think it's, it's really solid on that front. But it is kind of just one note. And that note is really good, and it's just malt, yeah. malty goodness. I think that's but why it is Guinness has succeeded so well. Is yeah, they've created something that is very much a stout, <clears throat> but is one hundred percent accessible to anybody who wants to get in there and try it and see what that's like. Yeah, and then from there, we've got just the frosted stout that you you made, and. I like how Gary, you know, and I include ourselves in the, the brew process, but really we were just there to keep you entertained. We were there. <laughs> yeah, I had to work, so I was not involved in the process anyway. I couldn't even hang around and tell people what to do, but it's delicious. Like, you guys did a hell of a job, Andrew. You guys, I don't know <laughs> how much you contributed to it, but... I suggested we had a different malt. <laughs> Moral support. Yeah. I think just the fact that I knew I was going to be brewing for you guys, I wanted to step up my game a little bit, so... Even though you weren't there, I knew you were going to be tasting it, so I wanted to brew a good one for everyone. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Like when this one, like when we first uncapped it, I was just like, holy shit. I've never thought of a stout as crushable, but it is. Yeah, it's it's weird because it's only 5%, but the alcohol has actually come through a lot more and it's still incredibly smooth and you still got a lot of that sweetness, but you can definitely taste a lot of alcohol notes. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder if that's something that will hopefully fade with age, maybe. It'll start to round out. Um, it is kind of a new beer. Uh, we, uh, we got yeah, to when final was it gra- that we brewed it. Um, you know, that's a good question. Almost a month ago. Yeah. So it was a month ago and we bottled it like two weeks ago. So it, yeah. it finished really early. Um, the I thing is, is that it's like, still developing a little bit. Oh, it definitely is. Oh, but I like, so. it's still like super dry. Yeah. Like the, the sugar content on that, like dropped compared to the, the first taste that we had just up when we were just messing around with the wart. And you could taste how how much sugar was drawn out during the the uh, mash process, and at this point in time, it's like super dry. Still smells that like chocolatey kind of bittersweet. Yeah. But like my mouth feel, it just like cuts through everything. Like I think following the Buffalo Trace aged 
porter with that as this like lingering sweetness and then boom just like sharp this is the beer here yeah. it ends um so talking about the the brewers club there um i'm kind of curious what are the the perks aside from you know like sitting and sipping on on beers like you actually go to meetings for specific purposes yes absolutely so each uh, meeting every month it's once a month uh they discuss a different topic and they'll really like deep dive as much as you want and the great thing is not only do we have uh, home brewers from inside the club presenting, uh, we'll have brewer, home brewers from outside the club. Uh, just recently, we had the brewer of the year, a uh, home brewer of the year, um, present on loggers, which was really interesting. We had like a very open discussion Q&A, uh, and we learned a lot. But I think the best part is uh, we have the professional brewers come in and, who really know their stuff. And you can ask them the most technical questions that you want, and they'll give you an answer. Um, and you know they know because like they're they're the guys brewing for all of Utah pretty much. So um, yeah, that's I think that's the coolest part is that uh, we get all of the information just shared with everyone like much as you want. Um, aside from that, we have club equipment you can borrow. Uh, so stuff that you normally wouldn't have access to if you don't want to invest in something expensive, the club can buy it and. Uh, can share it with other people. Like, that's, like, that's a really good idea. Yeah, like the bottling gun I have right now, it's like after I used the uh, clubs, I'm like, I'm getting this. This is way too cool. <laughs> I need so, this. <laughs> um, on top of that, like, uh, I guess you could say that uh, just, like I said, the feedback is really important to me. Um, having people who really care about beer and know how to make it tell you exactly what's, what's up with the beer and like give you honest feedback is important to me. All right. Uh, Homebrew Club has a lot going on. Uh, who's in it and and like who has come out of it? You and I have gone to some some local places. Uh, well, I have to say a lot of the uh, Homebrew members um, have gone pro. Um, and I've only been part of it for maybe uh, a year and a half at the most. Uh and I think before I was there, I, I know um, at one point I heard Clay K- uh, Kito's brewmaster was the president. Um, I know the Uenta brewmaster attends, the Shades brewmaster attends, um, like the Bohemian one, uh, Bohe- uh, I forgot his name, but the Bohemian brewmaster uh, presented recently. Um, you know, you've got... God, like I said, everyone, everyone in the community comes. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you're from a different uh, club or a different you know, brewery outside of Salt Lake. They'll come and present or just be part of it to hang out and just, you know, talk and drink. So, I mean, like, it's, it's really open to anybody. Though. Like, the great part is we have all these really seasoned brewers. And you have people just starting out who, like, don't know anything. You're just excited about the, the, the hobby. So, And then we've got... Uh... Sorry, I sound like a list. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but Level Crossing. Oh, yes, I forgot. Um, yeah, Level Crossing's remaster uh, was, like, I think, one of my first meetings. He was in attendance, and I was like, who's the dude with the beard? You know? <laughs> um, and then, not too much later, I saw the same guy, and he's a remaster of Level Crossing. I'm like, no way, I know that guy from somewhere. <laughs> and then we had, uh, after that, I believe, was Chad Hopkins. Yeah, of Hopkins Brewing. We've had one of his beers on the show, actually. And then, of course, we have the the, 
guys over at Bewildered. Oh yeah, so uh, that's a big one. These guys are like ingrained in the community. Uh, so Bewilder Brewing that just opened up on Fourth uh, South and Fourth West. Uh, they they basically well, at least uh, Cody McKendrick. There you go. Yeah, Cody right. McKendrick is the guy. <laughs> And him and Ross, that's it. Those yeah. are the two owners, I think. Yeah, Ross is the one that I think I talked with. Yeah, and they, they're always at homebrew meetings. Uh, and I mean, now less than before, because yeah. now they have, you know, a yeah, brewery to run. Yeah. So. And like, looking at like the the start there, like, because we went, what, end of December, beginning of January? No, it was end of December. And it was before that they were actually allowed to like brew their own stuff. And so they had... Uh, the collaborations with a bunch of different breweries, which is super cool. But like, it shows the, I guess, it lends credence to the idea of the community in Salt Lake City, especially for home brewers and for just like the the brew scene in general. Like, we have a pretty damn special area for for beer, which seems so weird, you know, coming from Utah. The interesting stuff that comes around here, but I feel like we're blessed. Yeah, a lot of us and a lot of the brew community just want to stick it to the man and say, they said we couldn't have beer, and so all these guys said, nah, we're going to make our own and give it to the people. And Andrew did. We're going to brew it whatever ABV we want. He blessed us. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And kind of going along with that, I guess, can you describe the process of making the program like obviously you kind of talked about that what actually went into it ingredients wise but like you had this beer that you're like yo i like this beer from back home i'm gonna make it enter it into a competition which is your first competition right then you take gold like okay so um like i said i got really lucky with this beer um this is my first shot at it like i didn't know much about homebrewing at this point um I was just searching the web for clones to get kind of like an idea of what goes into the beer, how the coconut and chocolate and the coffee is added, like what my malts would look like. Um, I'm just like, just feedback on other people on on like forums and stuff like that who have tried to brew it before. And luckily I ran ran into something online that just basically laid it out. Um, This guy uh, had an idea of what malts were in it and how an idea of how to add everything and I kind of just took that with a grain of salt and said, like, all right, I'm going to go down to my homebrew shop, uh, go down with these notes from the forum and see what I can throw together. And, like, sure enough, they didn't have, like, all the same malts. Uh, like, I had to change up a couple things. Um, and it kind of just worked out. But, yeah, like, I, there were some, like, limitations to brewing this. So I had to use uh, um, extract to get some of the ABV, like, to, like an 8% beer. Oh, buddy. Um, yeah. Um, so I use a lot of extract, and I think that might have actually helped my quality because um, I was doing beer in a bag before, um, and doing extract, I guess, just, like, took out the whole um, steeping process of the grains for me. Um, I did steep the specialty malts, and I think that's what made it so solid, I think. I don't know, maybe the extract quality is just so good. Uh, it didn't have much off flavor at all, and yeah, it just turned out great, I say. <laughs> and then what was the process like after you, like you gold medaled, which is dope. Like what was the process like getting to the point where you actually got to do the the program? Because you said it was like a month afterwards. Like that's a, yeah, it feels so, like a long time. So it's it was funny. Uh, when I went to the cop to like pick up my uh, my papers for feedback, 
like I, I heard like, yeah, they just put everything in an envelope and you just go pick it up and, you know, you can see what everyone thought about your beer. So I came in like after the award ceremony just to grab my stuff and go. And I found like there's a medal in there. I didn't even know. Like it's like a participation award or something. I go pull it out. <laughs> and like before I even like see the medal, like I saw like the certificate for gold. I'm like, this can't be. <laughs> like I didn't believe it. And I like went to go like ask the guy from the beer nut where I get my homebrew supplies, like, what is this? <laughs> like, did I just win something or something? Like, what, what's going on? And he's like, yeah, there's someone who wants to talk to you. Uh, you should go over, like, here's, like, talk to the guy from Keto. So I'm like, word, okay. <laughs> uh, I can do that. Yeah, I'm like, so we, he uh, he was super nice. And he was like, hey, so you just want to you brew your beer at Keto's? And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so they offered it to you that day. Yeah, I was like, this is this is insane. This is like like winning the golden ticket, you know? <laughs> um so it's like something like I dreamed of. I never thought would like happen. And then, uh, like I didn't even know that kind of thing did happen uh, until that moment. And then, uh, yeah, like I went out into the parking lot to like catch my breath and like <laughs> take it all in, like pinch myself. You're like, or is this real or what? Like I should probably go back in there and like act normal. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so eventually, um, yeah, like I, I basically stopped by Kidos one day with some buddies, and I'm like, that's the brewmaster. Like he told me, like brew my beer here. And like we caught eyes and he like recognized me and he came over and he's like, yeah, so you still want to brew it? I'm like, that's all I've been thinking about like every waking <laughs> second. So <laughs> I was like, yes. Um, and like a, like a month later, I say, we ended up brewing it. Um, uh, I just came over to Kidos with a buddy and we spent all day there. Uh, all we did was brew my beer. Like it wasn't like a normal day at Kidos for like brewing like two or three beers, you know. That's awesome. Uh, so it was really cool. I got to spend the whole day with the staff, the crew, and like the brewmaster. Everyone's super nice. Um, but it was also like getting to that point. It sounded like it was a bit of a struggle. Like that you have to deal with their schedule, your schedule. Right. Yeah. Actually, getting to that point, like, you kind of had to, to hound them a little bit. Like, hey, is this happening? <laughs> like. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily had to hound him. I was just—I think it was just up in the air because, like, I had talked to him after the competition, and I, uh, he like asked me. I'm like, of course I want to brew it. Uh, he's like, give me a call in like a week or text me in a week or something like that. Like a week goes by. Like I'm like, oh, I'm sure he's really busy. Like you know, I can't like forget about that. You know. Like, um, so I was like, no, I'm just gonna go one day. Uh, I think that's like the best thing to do is just like you know, see him in person. Yeah. <laughs> and I did, it like worked out. Like I wasn't even sure it's going to be there or not. And it was like right before a camping trip too. So I'm like, I have to do it now before like, you know, it gets to be like too long Yeah. <laughs> after we agreed on it. So, um, yeah, like it, it was, uh, like, I don't know, I guess the brew, brew, masters are busy people. They've got lives too. And like, you know, it's, uh, it is kind of hard. I, I know, uh, I know the guy from the beer nut, uh, actually won a couple programs as well. Like he's been, he's, he's had the same situation where he'll, he'll win a gold or even like a best of show in the competition and uh, be offered a program with a brewery. And it just doesn't turn out sometimes like uh, for whatever reason, like uh, it's not just like he's being ignored, but uh, maybe like the brewmaster who wanted to do the program left the company uh, or switched um, or just, you know, just fizzled out for whatever reason. It's not the right time to brew the beer that year. Right. If you want to brew like a, a lager in the middle of winter, you know, like, uh, I mean like, well, at least a, like a Mexican lager, like a good, like summer beer. Right. Uh, so we're just going to deviate real quick because we've got all these dark beers and they've been great. So I want to first just do a beer of the show before I get into the next part. Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah. Last, last Buffalo is really fucking good. Oh man. 
Uh, I think, yeah, Buffalo is definitely going to take the crown. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, just, it's, it's so hard to beat. It's so complex and sweet and good. And like we said, it was like too sweet, but I think we were wrong. <laughs> well, I don't, I said, I hoped it wasn't too sweet to where you couldn't drink the whole thing without like getting over it. You know what I mean? Honestly, after but, switching, cause I had the winter Porter, Gary and I traded, it's down in the Guinness. I mixed it out with a little bit of the, the frosted stout. Pretty good. I like that combo. Uh, and then... Ended up just on the the last buffalo, just at the end here, and it's very sweet. Like the comparison between the two is a stark difference. I think the the great part about it though is like when we talk about beers, anytime we've given a specialty beer low marks, it's be, it's been because they said it was something, and it was not that. True. Right. Oh, this has cherries. I don't taste cherry. This. Did everything it said on that bottle and more. It delivered everything we wanted. When when you drink it, you just immediately know that was crafted. You know what I mean? Like people put time and effort into that to make it exactly what it is. I think in, in this crowd of dark beers, it definitely stands out the most, yeah, right? And it's, sure. it's hard yeah. not to kind of gravitate towards it a little bit. Um, especially once you've been drinking it for a little bit and you go back to the Guinness or go back to the, the homebrew. They just kind of fall flat. It it's falls like, oh, flat. Oh, this is all you got? But, but by themselves, they stand up. So For uh, sure. I, I'd hate to like say my I hate pick my own beer, but I mean, like, uh, <laughs> I mean, as far as all these go for stouts, I'd, I'd pick mine over the Guinness for sure. Yeah. But uh, when it comes to like overall, Last Buffalo is just the most complex. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I love this frosted stout that you guys made. Like I've just been drinking basically only it this whole episode, but that Buffalo one is just, it's so good. The thing is that like, I feel like last Buffalo is one that if I had like an 11.2 ounce, you know, like I could still share that amongst four people. Oh yeah. It's perfectly content. Like it's, it's so intense in its flavor. Like it just is really punchy. Whereas a lot of other beers just don't deliver that kind of, intensity like on a scale of one to ten every single flavor that you taste is a 10 yeah i think it's really hard to nail flavors like that just really intense ones because if you mess it up then it's just gonna stick with you as a bad flavor but this beer the buffalo one it just nails every flavor that it's going for like you said gary and just it sticks with you because it is so intense and that being said we're gonna take a hard ricky bobby right here so the uh, impetus behind this episode was originally St. Patty's Day, kind of turned into a homebrew thing. And Corey, you've been kind of doing your own thing. Yeah, so I started a batch of kombucha. It's just regular kombucha, not spiked kombucha. If you guys have ever seen Joshua Weissman on YouTube, Corey is that guy in real life. Like he just cooks and makes all sorts of fermented, homemade, just delicious things all the time. Yeah, He's so a fucking animal. This year, I've been trying to mess around with fermented stuff and get a little bit funky some of it has been real bad but the kombucha that i made so this is my first batch of kombucha and it was an oolong tea and then i flavored it and i did a couple different flavors because i knew it was going to be on the show and so i I just bottled it and it's ready to go but it's just a pretty chill little kombucha so transitioning from these dark as hell home brews and or delicious beers we're going to take a hard right here in transitioning, we're going to have a little a little uh, padding here. What's this called, Drew? Uh, this is my kettle sour. Um, it's called the Bloody Valentine uh, Blood Orange Sour. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's my first go at a kettle 
Um, it's a, I don't know. <laughs> See, that <laughs> reaction like, is exactly what I knew was going to happen. I'm just watching. Okay. <clears throat> I'm just watching Gary and drink that. <laughs> First and foremost, the color is incredible. So, yeah, it's, it's, like, just like, it's like a peach color. Can we just, just describe yeah. what Gary did? He tasted it, he closed his eyes, he was happy, he fist pumped. <laughs> like, like this is like all of the things that you want to see somebody after they drink oh your, your brew. Yeah, so it's extremely acidic, which is huge for me. I love something that'll give you that pucker, but it's got a ton of fruity. You know what I mean? It's not just sour. It's almost got, you know, like the the islandish kind of fruits in there. It's a little bit sweet to kind of balance that sour out. That is exactly my summer. Like, give me 12, please. <laughs> oh my God, that is good. That is funny. Yeah, so good. it says it's a kettle sour with blood orange, ABV 5%. Andrew, do you have any IBUs on this delicious beast? Uh, I couldn't probably, tell you. It's probably, probably like <laughs> 15 to 20, like yeah. at the most. Yeah. It's hard to tell with sour. Yeah, sour is kind of mess everything up. Four. But so on the nose, you just really get just acetic notes. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm into it. But oh man, Darian is right. <laughs> Andrew, you done good. <laughs> you done this good. is everything that you want. It's super nice and crisp. It's got a lot of acidic notes just right off the bat. And then it's just mixed with these blood orange, just fruity, citrusy notes. It's better than most of the sours I've tried from the store. Yeah, absolutely. The night that I first tried it, uh, we basically did our own like sour fest, right? Like I had some, you had some. I'm just like brought out and just like, yo, everybody, like all of our roommates, just like sit down, taste. What do you get? Like what's the, what's the, the quality of this? Uh, I ended up throwing most of that on to, to Instagram here shortly, but I wanted to have this episode to let you guys experience it. But it is one of my favorite sours right now because it smells super acidic. But the taste that you get, it isn't that like acetic acid and bile flavor. It's like actual fruit flavor. Yeah, it's it's a very complex sour, which is a lot of what you want in a sour or fermented drink. And like it has that like lovely sourness that like it doesn't to me it's not like a puckering sour but like yeah it makes you salivate you know like it like brings that out and it's just wonderful and this is your first go yeah damn dude <laughs> uh i so it's called a bloody valentine so i brewed it somewhat to like be ready on valentine's day for my girlfriend so she loves sours hell yeah so this is gonna be my gift to her and i gave her half the batch uh so it's colored pink from the blood orange. That's where it went. So it's appropriate yeah, for Valentine's. And uh, yeah, like I, I knew she loves sours and this would be like right up her alley. And I'm glad with how it turned out. Just really happy. Yeah, this is delicious. So whatever it is, I mean. <laughs> the idea with this is that this is supposed to be a segue, but obviously like it's its own thing. Like, this is like a tangent. We'll just stay on for a second. But I feel like sours are very hit and miss, right? Like sours are either that like, Horrible flavor. They have that like goze, salty, you know, bile shit. Uh, Sometimes they just have that like fruit note that powers home that is what I want personally out of a sour. I want sours to be sour because of the fruit that's in them, not because, you know, they threw vinegar in there or taste like they threw vinegar. Yeah, I think I personally just really like those vinegar notes, but I think that's a, a very specific type of person. And if you can find a sour that appeals to both of those people, I think you have something special. And Andrew, True. I think you made something special because it does have that fruit forward notes, but also all the characteristics that you look for in a sour. And so I think I think you nailed it, man. So 
Let's take a hard left turn. We're getting out of beer territory, which is something that we don't always do. But I've been trying to get more, more, more or less beer into our reviews here. So, Corey, what have you done for us? So, this year, I think I already mentioned it, but I'm trying to mess around with fermented stuff. And one of my favorite fermented foods and or drinks is kombucha. So what we have on the show here today is the first batch of kombucha that I've ever made. That booch. <laughs> not, no, not as good. Yeah. I mean, you tried. You tried. We'll, we'll work on it. So it was an oolong tea for the very first batch, and then I flavored it after. Okay. So the I have a raspberry ginger one a pineapple turmeric one, an apple cinnamon one, and then the one that I'm drinking is just the base booch. So what made you go for those flavors? I mean, I catered them towards who I knew was going to be on the show. I didn't know Andrew was going to be on the show because I didn't know when we would have this kombucha on. So I actually made the apple cinnamon for me because I thought it was interesting. But then Andrew said that he wanted to try it. And so I was, I was happy with that. I was happy to share. But I don't think I've seen an apple cinnamon kombucha, or yeah, at least one that I've liked. Not. And so I've kind of catered these flavors towards you guys, and I hope they're good. I haven't tried them after the final carbonation. I tried them before I flavored them, and then right after I flavored them, but I haven't tried them because they've been sitting for a while. So do you have a best order that we should try these in? Um, I Obviously mean, the we base should probably first. try the base first. And then I think maybe going pineapple, turmeric, apple, cinnamon, and then raspberry, ginger. All right. Let's go. Corey, go ahead and start us off. First kombucha so, we've had on the show. Right away. Oh, to, to be fair, this is just a, a regular kombucha, so it's very trace alcohol. I have still have to buy a carboy so I can make actual spiked kombucha. It'll happen. Just give it time. But right away from the space kombucha, it's very, very acidic smelling. It's a very, very murky, pale peach colored so straw there's, um, yeah there's there's a couple floaties from the culture still left in the bottle so it's good for you i'm actually very happy how this turned out it's very crisp it's not really sweet but i, w- I want you guys to to tell me what's funny though is that like the entire time every single time gary says kombucha like i just want to like say something because you always say kombucha and it's just like one of the most like Idaho things. Kombucha. And we got that kombucha now. The smell versus the taste is probably the furthest we've it, ever It really had. is, yeah. I called it. I was like, you know, these are probably going to smell a lot different than how they taste. Yeah, the yes. apple cinnamon especially. It was just like wafting out of the room how cinnamony it was. Standard booch smells like an undercarriage, <laughs> like a like a taint is what it, is. it smells like a taint. It's it a little sweaty, <laughs> but it is good, dude. That's a it's like really sweet. It's kind of fruity. There's really not a whole lot of acidity to that one. Yeah, it's a very nice and crisp. Yeah, it's refreshing. If someone were to hand me this and say, "Hey, drink this new drink I found," I think they're playing like a prank on me if I smelled it first but the t- yeah the smell is not the greatest but the taste is all there like I think this is so refreshing actually yeah to convince someone to drink that you're gonna be like don't smell this just drink it it's a little it's delicious yeah I mean it kind of is like your uh, kettle sour there like smells super like vinegary like yeah. acetic but taste is actually just the fruit so I'll be honest not a fan of kombucha not I, a surprise I love Oolong tea, it's my second favorite. 
only buying jasmine. So, all right, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's like fruity, almost a kind of vegetal, which is a bit weird to me. But like overall, it's solid. It's sweet. It's not like overpowering, which yeah, a lot of kombucha that I've had does feel like that. Like it, it feels like it just like punches you in the face and like here's your flavor, bitch. And it's like I I didn't want all of that. Just a little bit, please. Yeah, and I think a lot of kombucha that you get from stores are flavored to be tailored to a different audience. And this one is it's just flavored fermented like tea. Blank and so I think it is pretty chill, but it does have a lot of funk to it still. Yeah. What was the base tea for that? It, it was an oolong tea. Oolong. Okay, I can kind of see that. Now that like now that it's been like settling in my mouth, like it almost got, like a pear, yeah, or uh, like a plum taste, like fruity yeah, taste it's to it. it's got some like some it's like fruity notes, but there wasn't any fruit in it, right. which is really weird. But it's I guess like that's how the it, best part about fermentation, yeah, yeast yeah. in beer, like it can produce the the fruity esters, you know, yeah. you get like banana yeah. and shit like that, it's kind just, of very similar. Yeah, just a lot of weird notes that you wouldn't expect. To me, it's like a lot of peach or pear kind of. Yeah, pear I think is like a, yeah. a, a good yeah. call. All right, I'm going to dive into this pineapple turmeric. It is very turmeric possibly a little too much, but I like turmeric, so I'm like really down for it. The pineapple is subdued, but going from the base to the pineapple, you can tell that there is pineapple there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you can distinguish it. I think if you just tried that first, you wouldn't really know that it's pineapple, but it's still really fruity. The turmeric isn't spicy like chili peppers or whatever, but it's spiced. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's I think it's a really good balance to me. Okay, I just want to say, looking at this, it looks like a mango lassi. Yeah. And I can, if, it's like a mango lassi with a tang. I, <laughs> yeah. I can see the turmeric cascading down to the bottom of the glass as I'm holding it. So Yeah, but, uh, I might need to go easy on the turmeric. But um, I, I kind of want to dive in on this. So it smells very good. That's amazing, honestly. I think the combination of flavors added to the base are perfect. Like from a culinary perspective, that's that's spot on. The smell, like the turmeric is like intense on this, like light sweet notes. It's weird because like normally I'd associate pineapple with like a tropical, but it's almost as like citrusy kind of. It's fucking, it's a sweet curry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Yeah. Those are definitely the same notes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, as Gary was saying, turmeric heavy, but the the pineapple is definitely there. It's kind of like the, the last thing I taste. I definitely agree. Cut down on the the turmeric, maybe bump up the the pineapple. Yeah. Uh, my concern on that is just pineapple is pretty acidic on its own. So do you think that that's gonna like influence how it, it tastes and like? Yeah, I went pretty easy because I just got one of the just the six ounce cans and I just used one of those for this bottle because I wasn't making a whole batch. So if I do make a whole batch of pineapple turmeric, I might keep the same amount of turmeric, but up the pineapple count. That's some good shit, I will say. Oh yeah, it is super earthy, but it it is very, very turmeric. If you don't like turmeric, it's probably too much, but for yeah. people who enjoy the flavor, it's almost it's, like that dryness that brings contrast to how tart the drink yeah. is as a whole. Yeah, it has a lot of earthiness to so, it. So I'll say, so far, Corey, two for two, best kombucha I've had. <laughs> I, Hell yeah. I think yes. uh, I don't think you should dial it back to turmeric at all. I think when you do eventually go to Carboys, you'll be able to let that settle out. Yeah, it might balance the, more. You'll pull yeah. off the bright kombucha that you want to bottle. And leave uh, the yeah. turmeric at the bottom. Exactly. You'll still get the same flavor. Yeah. Yeah, that is the problem because the turmeric is just so. chilling in there. I can't really separate it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
So it's, I mean, it's, it's, the taste is on point. Uh, if there's any hesitation because the way it looks, that's, that's on the person drinking it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's the next one we got here? Okay, Andrew, you had the apple cinnamon one. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Ready for dessert. Waft it. It's probably very Yeah, powerful. I was going to say, the, the smell on that one, even just like popping it open, the little spritz that you got. It's so much better than the regular smell, though. <laughs> I so much prefer cinnamon it to... Smells like straight cinnamon, heavy on the cinnamon, and like a hint of apple. And then as you taste it, I mean, it has pretty good carbonation. Yeah, yours has like got, a solid carbonation. I've got chunks of apple in. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is a problem with these homebrews. <laughs> um, which is awesome, though. I think uh, I think it's actually spot on as well. Uh, I think maybe I'm a little too lenient, but I mean... Uh, I like the amount of cinnamon poured into this, and then the apple complements it very well, of course. I mean, the two are like peas in a pod. Yeah, they go <laughs> hand in hand. So, <laughs> getting the chunkies. <laughs> Got some chunks in there? No, 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 no. I mean, if you were going to bottle this for a long time, maybe not bottle it with the cinnamon stick, but like right where it's at right now, perfect. Just a tiny bit spicy, but it's like... A sour apple pie. Yeah, because I had to do just basically bottle batches, the, the flavors might be a little tense because there's literally a cinnamon stick in this whole bottle, so it might just overpower everything. That, that was what I was afraid of. Honestly, for how much cinnamon is in there, especially like on the nose, it doesn't overpower everything. Oh, and maybe that's because I I've, got some I chunks. I yet. And yeah. I, you know, like got the, some apple. And the apple the is still pretty crisp. <laughs> it there, is. Which is pretty dope. Hell so, you'd think the acidity would just mush it. Yeah, I'm going to like be honest. For whatever reason, apple and cinnamon makes me throw up. So I'm just barely going to taste that at all. That's why I did not make this one for you. Yeah, that will literally make me sick, so I can't drink much of it. But on its own, it's kind of like applesauce. Yeah, it really is. I expected the cinnamon to become a lot more prevalent, but it's actually a a good like aftertaste. You get the apple forward and then it just mellows out into a lot of cinnamon. I was afraid that it was just going to be burning amounts of cinnamon. I dig it. Yeah. Okay, Drew. I'm hyped. You got the last one. So this one is gorgeous. I did not expect this to become the color that it did. <laughs> it looks like you dyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Until you see the, the raspberries in the pour. And then, With no color yeah. in the <laughs> yeah, raspberries. Yeah, they got sucked out. <laughs> so this is a raspberry ginger. And I can see, I'm, I'm assuming that just the flex of ginger in there. Yeah. So raspberry, my favorite fruit. Ginger, like I want to put it in everything exactly, always. Exactly, yeah. I was like, this is a Drew <laughs> Drew flavor combination smells absolutely fantastic. All of like the acetic notes are gone. It's just like raspberry and then like a tiny, tiny hint of ginger. Holy fuck, that's real good. Like the raspberry flavors there. There's like, I think you need to up the the ginger, but like on its own, it's mostly raspberry, a little bit of ginger, and I'm I'm loving it. Like that's like number one because that, that's so <laughs> good. Like it's just raspberry kombucha, which is fantastic. All right. Here it goes, raspberry kombucha. Oh my god, that tastes so good! Tell you, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm a huge fan of raspberries. I don't know if anyone has anyone ever had like the Mott's raspberry applesauce. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh-uh. yeah, no, yeah. it sounds amazing. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> That's like used to be my favorite thing growing up. This is what it reminds me of. So, I, it, definitely plenty of raspberry flavor in here, and it just complements the base kombucha really well. Yeah. I think you're going to love this. Yeah, I think that, that we could use just a little bit more ginger, but like, I think the ginger you have to kind of play pretty carefully just because it can, like, ginger when it's strong is like, intense. yeah, like, I know that so the flex we are like ginger. ginger. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's just dice up ginger. And I did just like with the cinnamon stick, I didn't want it to overpower, so I went easy on the ginger. But I personally would have loved just tons and tons of ginger. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I didn't want to go crazy, especially because this was the first batch. I think, and I like ginger a lot, but that has just like that little bit of a burn on the end and the the ginger taste with the raspberry. If you go too far with the ginger, it might be to where you're really appealing to someone who only likes ginger. But that is fresh fucking raspberry with some sour. Oh, that is... It's delicious. That's butcher. Oh yeah, this is my friend. Yeah, right. So good. Ooh, yeah, it, it, it is more raspberry than actual fresh raspberry. Yeah, yeah, Almost, it is yeah. very raspberry heavy, and then the ginger just complements that crispness of the kombucha so well. Yeah, God I never damn, would think Lord. of it's like kombucha as crisp. Yeah, but like mm-hmm. all of these kind of demonstrate that. Some good stuff, you guys. Seriously, this we, got, is, we got some bangers whew. in this episode. This is a, a wild episode. I know. This is like a perfect way to wrap this up because we've gone full circle on homebrews. You can brew anything, apparently. Dude, this is this is way past what I thought this episode would wrap up to be. <laughs> Same. Like, I'm having a good time. Yeah. Honestly, like when I kind of pitched this episode, it's like, hey, my roommate's a homebrew. I'd like to get him on the episode. And it's like, well, what are we going to talk about? Homebrewing. Well, we already did an episode on that. But... What if we actually talked about our local scene? And that's something that I think is very different. Because I feel like a lot of home, like even just, uh, even the scene that I came from in Northern Utah, there was like six people in the group that I worked with uh, for homebrews. And I'm like, that was it. They only shared beers amongst each other because that was the only people that they knew even did that. And coming here and like seeing what Andrew has done and what the, you know, latter day. The community, yeah. Yeah, group has done. Like there's, so much going on, way more than what I think anyone would anticipate out of a, a Utah group. Even even just yesterday, I stopped at a TF Brewing. My girlfriend's getting an oil change, and we stopped there for like some samples. And uh, I ran into some guy I know, and he's like, yeah, I think I'm going to open a meadery in a couple of years. I'm like, this is just Dude. like, we're going to have a meadery soon, I hope. You know, so like, there's, there's things going on constantly. Uh, and like, it's great, because like, if you're in the community and you know a couple people, you'll meet a few. And then branch out next thing you know you're talking to people who are like opening shop and going pro it's really nuts i'm so sorry for the disrespect that i just put on that last few sentences (laughs) i just drank the dregs of turmeric from the pineapple tablespoons of (laughs) turmeric and like he did it all like knowing that he was on the mic and just like sat there that's a that's a Gary in a moment right there. Chewed through it. There's just an orange mud stain <laughs> leading from the bottom <laughs> of the yeah, glass. That's what would you say is the boot of the show? Raspberry. The raspberry is hard to beat. I like I do like the apple cinnamon, but this base booch. Base booch is so it's solid. Like, <laughs> it's it's, so it's good. funny because like tasting that, I'm just like immediately was like this is better than any commercial kombucha that I've had for sure. And See, I was just I, like, but mostly because it's not as acidic. Yeah, I actually made a little batch for my boss, and he actually said the same exact thing. He's like, this is the best kombucha I've ever had. I was like, nah, you're just shitting because you're my boss. Pass that around after having the rest of these. <clears throat> there is just a hint of foot fungal. You know what I mean? Like, you like, get more of that. Like, Why do you get so excited about that? Mm, I, foot fungal. That's what I was, like. was going to say, I really like that kind of thing. Like, as gross as it sounds to call it foot, there's, like, no other thing you can associate the taste with versus the smell. But, like... It's very fungal and sour, and like, like you say that, and like immediately that association <laughs> I recognize, and I'm like, this is no longer the best, just plain boot. Sorry, Corey, Corey just threw that in the dumpster yeah. for you. Actually, I I really like it though. That's my shit, man. But but it is like that classic. 
you can tell it's fermented. You know what I mean? It's that thing that like our brains are hardwired to kind of be adverse to that just because that's how we know whether or not something's spoiled and we shouldn't eat it. And it's just that hint of that where it's like, it's on the edge, man. I like that. That's good stuff. Yeah, I think the uh, the base is has a, some complexity to it. It's nice to pick it apart and really focus on on the base and what natural components are there before uh, adding anything to it. But I gotta say, I think I'm actually a fan of the turmeric. Turmeric is <laughs> turmeric really It's my second. Yeah, I think the, I think the the nice orange color. Like, the, don't get me wrong, the raspberry is beautiful. The apple is beautiful. Um, but I like the apple because you got some chew on too. <laughs> it is chunky. I, I just love that turmeric. I think that's just a nice change. Uh, and I don't think there's many uh, apple cinnamons around. I want to say like that's something that I should see more of. I think that's yeah. you gotta brew some. It's more a classic of that. combo. But that's a great dessert. Especially little, like, with this yeah. base, like it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. I definitely need to get more of this base and then try these brews again and balancing them once more. Well. I think it's a, a good place to wrap it up here. Not the most magic forward, but I think that homebrewing is something that everyone can relate to one way or another. It's a different kind of magic. Yeah. Thank you so much for, uh, you know, chilling, hanging out with us, maybe drinking with us. Hopefully you're drinking with us. This was a great experience for all four of us. If you're drinking, be responsible. Obviously don't drink underage and do not drink and drive. But as we like to say on this podcast, have fun. And get yourself some homebrew.